0: All
1: right, I can hear you. Hello, and, Star hello. Wars
2: speaking.
1: Um, this Ugh. is Poe Boy Pete. Take three. <laughs> Take three is being too kind. You're dead meat. <laughs> Whenever when you were saying, um, what was it? You're dead meat is what you were saying to me. Among um, other things. I think of that um, sketch from um, that show that you and Star I Star Wars both... Detours <laughs> Can you tell me what Star Wars Detours is? I've never like, people talk about it. You haven't seen the sizzle reel? No, I've not seen
2: the sizzle reel. Really? It's out there. Yeah? Within the last year or two there were like mutterings about it again and I think that that sizzle reel maybe had like a brief resurgence online It uh It's goofy it's like a spoof of Star Wars. It's I mean, it's an animated Star Wars like sketch show that was developed by George Lucas and Seth Green. And I think the other guy from Robot Chicken. Like this yeah. was pre Disney buyout. And there are okay. like episodes on episodes in the bank, apparently, that were made. Um,
1: I mean, Star Wars is for everybody. And don't try to
2: distract me from your dead meat.
1: Well, I mean, this is this is um an episode of announcements. So Right. You know, and this I'm, is the first announcement is you're first, dead meat. <laughs> first announcement. Um yeah, I'm dead meat. And I'll listen, Josh, I'm I'm sorry. Um I know where you I've live. Got, I got some announcements. I was I was um in the lab coming up with some announcements for today. Um because we got we got a we got a lot of things a lot of things cooking, a lot of things that we're gonna be talking about. A lot of segments that we're going to be potentially um, slow rolling live on oh, air.
2: not segments.
1: And um, I know that you're a big fan of segments. Oh, no. But, um, Josh, how are you? You know?
2: Just keeping it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and listen, a lot of people might say, why aren't you taking it? And the reason for that is listen, um, last year was for the fans. This year, hearts 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 to the wind. Our hearts are open. Um, so that's that's just why you have to you have to be keeping it. That's why you have to be keeping it.
2: Yep, and, and quite frankly, this year, twenty twenty two, mostly available, I don't wanna like I know Star Wars fans, a lot of Star Wars fans out there, you know, we don't like spoilers, we don't like stuff. Um, you know being spoiled you know in years past for the wind for the wind for the fans (laughs) if for the fans we did before that we did it for the wind and then hearts to the winds and now you know we're emotionally available this year and uh, i don't want to give anything away but i will just say you know you've got a few more months here you better freaking enjoy it fans you have no idea you were you were
1: gonna fans this is called a um a, a slow rollout. Mm-hmm. You are you're in for it. You are. You definitely, babe. yeah. You're 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 definitely gonna enjoy our theme for 2023, which um we don't plan everything in advance. Um, but we have episode 300 planned. Yes, um, we do. Of course. <laughs> And we do, we have had our theme for 2023 planned for mm-hmm. about like two, three months now. I would
2: say that there's some jargon that maybe has to be <laughs> tinkered with, but other than that. Mm-hmm. I did tell, I did tell someone the idea and they were, they, uh, they took it the wrong way. Um, so yeah, but that's a, that's
1: the nice thing about podcasting is there's no way to do that because we're so clear and concise with what we're doing and we explain oh, it so well.
2: You'll know what it means. <laughs> you'll yeah. know what it means and you'll think, "I can't believe I haven't done this already" because honestly, with the way we've been behaving lately.
1: Well, and it's just we do so much too.
2: Yeah, we really do. Nobody talks about be- um how long I sit around waiting for your phone to work to do this.
1: Yeah. And or- he- you could be doing other things like Doing dishes, um,
2: I could run the dishwasher. No, I gotta wait to run the dishwasher because I yeah. gotta record this freaking thing.
1: And everybody knows that Josh, you—I mean, that was that was one of your favorite things about being a homeowner is getting a dishwasher. Don't being dox like, me. Now I can now I can do that.
2: What? Telling people I have a home, trying to dox me. <laughs> If we ever got doxed. you, I tell be... you, I tell you you're dead meat. All of a
1: sudden you're trying to
2: so stick do, your goons on. Do me. Do you
1: understand the concept of doxing?
2: Oh, I know it all too well.
1: Yeah, we have like 14 fans. That would be a 14 dox.
2: Brutal savage.
1: Yeah, I call that a Monday with all the emails I'm getting. Um, all the emails we're getting on the
2: poboys podcast at gmail.com. Oh, my God. Emails, emails, emails. But they're emails. They're everywhere. Uh I you know, and so how yeah, whatever. And how are you?
1: I'm good. I mean I've actually I I got two things. One, I've Star Wars. I also okay? have two things. Um and then two, you ever do something and it kind of reminds you of what you've got. Uh reminds me you of how much you miss something.
2: Me how much I miss something. Now
1: I'll I'll let you I'll let you um pontificate on that mm-hmm. for a second, and for me, I was watching this movie called Black Adam, and it's this DC movie. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be I mean um, this one podcast which was the the uh, the trailer like this is the best movie of 2022 which was like from some random podcast um, mm. quote yeah. Um, It was, I mean, it was bad. It was a bad movie and not The Rock's fault. I mean, he phoned it in for sure, but like, again, not all on him, mostly on him. He's most of the movie, but it made me miss and just appreciate. Listen, we are getting some great Star Wars content right now. We got this show coming out literally today as we're recording this, which I'm sure is going to be great.
2: That's, that's not coming out today.
1: Tales of the Jedi is coming out on Wednesday. This Wednesday. As so, it airs. As, it, as it airs, yeah.
2: Not it. Come on, man.
1: Um. So it really makes me... Seeing how bad somebody else's fandom is really makes me appreciate what is in my fandom, which is Star Wars.
2: Interesting, interesting. Because, I mean, you know... You know, there's someone out there who's like, finally, yeah, Black Adam, this rules. I'm so glad I'm like a DC fan, not a Star Wars fan. And like, Star Wars is always like, I don't know, navel gazing too much or something. And this is just like, yeah, The Rock, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some.
1: You, Josh, famously had the year of The Rock.
2: Yeah, 2014, doing The Rock Johnson Initiative, where I watched, I mean, I think he only had like four movies come out that year, but I did watch all of them in theaters.
1: Know what his best year was because I was just having this conversation of what the definitive best year was.
2: I would have to look at his filmography. I mean, I really think Fast Five was huge for him.
0: Uh, But then I don't know
2: that he was in a bunch of other stuff that year. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know
1: when. Here's what I would say, okay. And I I could be completely off, and this is just my personal opinion. Is I believe that. Twenty eighteen was his best year, um, because was that is lazy. when, yeah, twenty eighteen I believe was his best year because twenty eighteen is when um, the movie Rampage, and the movie Skyscraper came out. Those were his two movies of twenty eighteen,
2: and right, those but have neither of be... those are like good or memorable. Don't get me wrong; disc- I watched them both on an airplane. They were fun. I loved them. You're that, not gonna those, watch, You're never gonna watch either of those movies ever again.
1: Um, I would 100 percent watch Rampage again, and then but you're I would not going watch, to. I would watch clips of uh-huh. Skyscraper, like when he's uh-huh. running up when he's on the skyscraper. The, when he's on the skyscraper, and he's running, and the whole thing about Sky, Skyscraper is he lost his leg in something, and he he acts so well as he's running. It's almost as if he he doesn't have a peg leg. Um, and I mean he's 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 just it's next level. I um I I think 2018 certainly was his best year. But yes, yeah, so that was I I have do I did do some Star Warsing, but um what were the what you, were the when two you things? You went you
2: Star Wars as in you saw Black Adam and then you thought about Star Wars and that's your no, Star no, no, no. Warsing. No,
1: no. Well, that was that was my first point is I, you know, appreciated Star Wars because of how bad Black Adam was. Um gotcha. I also purchased the um High Republic book Path of Deceit.
2: The young adult one.
1: The young adult one. Yep, um, and that is by, um, uh, Justina Ireland and Tessa Granton.
2: Okay, which... yeah, a lot of new names in Phase Two of the High Republic. A lot of um, yeah, new writers coming in.
1: Yeah, and Justina Ireland, she did. Yeah, we know her.
2: She's from Phase One.
1: Mm-hmm. And she did. What, what did she do? She did Spark of the Resistance, which we definitely didn't read. Oh, Out of the Shadows. She did Out of the the Shadows, which was that one where uh... we did the wrong thing over and over again into the shadows, into the the weather, into the, (laughs) into the weather. So I have, I have purchased that. I've not taken, I have not taken a look at that. So, um, that is something that we'll have a brief book boys, um, segment at some point Mm -hmm. as we're covering this. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, the you know, we'll get into the Tales of the Jedi, but uh, what, were, what, were, what were your two uh, Star Warsing things?
2: Well, speaking of break book, boys, knowing that I had to record today, I did go ahead and read the new trade paper pack of the Darth Vader comic book by Greg Pak and various artists. Greg Pak famously wrote Planet Hulk, which is an excellent comic book, and a myriad of other things. And he's been writing Darth Vader for 20-plus issues now. And this one is like the fourth volume or trade in his run. And it ties into that crimson rain event though. I think like War of the bounty hunters, which was the previous star Wars event, the tie-ins to that were like very tied into it such that it felt like none of the stories were the complete story. And that was kind of frustrating. I think crimson rain has done a better job of the star Wars book, the crimson rain book, the Darth Vader book have all kind of been their own story that are sort of related uh, and are, are still standalone enough. Um, but I did read that before coming on the pod, so I could briefly talk about it. And I'll say it's about him, Darth Vader, weeding out some traitors in light of uh, recent events in the Star Wars Who would try uh, to comics. betray him? I mean, he's like... Well, I don't want to give anything away about the okay. current status quo in the Marvel Star Wars universe and now, what's when, going when, on. When
1: the... is this set? Because Darth Vader... After Empire. Li- after Empire. Before okay. kind of Jedi okay
2: obviously yeah uh that so,
1: comic has gone through some ridiculous loops and stories ridiculous because yeah. you uh, read we...
2: a little bit of the two prior volumes the one by karen gillen and the one by charles soul which is mm-hmm. the one where he builds the castle and all that mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then yeah this one is post empire and i don't you know it's not it's not my least favorite Star Wars book it's not my favorite Star Wars book i will say it I might argue that it's the Star Wars book that does the coolest job of blending every era of Star Wars. It's pretty seam seamlessly kind of integrating stuff from like I mean, literally from episode one to episode nine and anthology movies, like it all kind of pops up in a in pretty organic ways. And that's cool. Yeah, it was one of the pros of kind of animation was like it felt like it leveled the playing field visually and aesthetically because, I mean, there's there's only so much you can gel, like the prequels and the sequels, just because they're clearly different. They look so different, uh, you know, and your imagination can sew them together, but in stuff like comic books or animation, you know, you have all these characters and they're they're all in the same medium. They're all drawn by the same artist and it, it visually, like I said, visually levels the playing field in an interesting way, so it's cool in that medium to see characters or designs or stuff from all over the saga so that was you know that was a pretty fun book and then i don't think i talked about it. i talked to you about it but then i don't think we potted about it i got an email out of nowhere there's like a local comic convention that is just people selling comic books it's like very small i think it used to be in a hotel lobby now it's in like some small building uh and i'm on the email list for that and i got an email on i was like hey i'm opening up a star wars store and there's, like, a mall in my area, and someone opened up just a Star Wars store there. And they were like, hey, having the grand opening, and I'm pretty sure this is the only, like, non-Disney Star Wars store in existence. And like, well, I don't know about that, but, you know. So I did go to a Star Wars store. Uh, you'll note I keep calling it a Star Wars store. There was no name over the store, there was that makes so much the, more sense. There's the outline of the store that used to be there in the mall. I just checked the email, the email doesn't name the store. Um, but there is a Star Wars store in my area, probably for now. I wish them, uh, you know, I wish them luck. There were a lot of people there on the opening day. It was exclusively action figures, pretty much. They did have a, a, uh, cardboard cutout standout of Padme from episode one that did talk at you when you walked by it
1: and you were like how much how much for this how much for this
2: uh, I was like how much for this to stop doing this at me every time I walk by it
1: <laughs> uh, you just got a piece of tape and blocked up I guess I would lock it in um anyway so Star Wars so, yeah that's that um I mean I make it to your neck of the woods once in a while so I won't be there, um, because we just have too many dealings with Disney, and I don't want to um, upset the mouse, but the the best and of luck I, to them.
2: I love upsetting the mouse. That's kind of my whole deal. You know, you like to play by the rules. I like to break them. I am kind of the bad boy of Star Wars, the bad boy of the podcast, um, and you're more like um, the squid.
1: The Maybe the cop?
2: uh sure
1: yeah kind of like the sheriff um and you know i'm 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 trying to provide some stability in this unstable town of tatooine sure yeah that's me right space sheriff yeah so that's interesting um that provides context to what you sent me which I think I, I responded. Well, was they oh, are those your of... new friends <laughs> now?
0: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just pick, pictures of people in a mall.
1: <laughs> pictures of you and your new friends now? Oh, I don't know what cool. I thought
2: that they, that they would have there. I wasn't really in the market for any Star Wars thing. If they had a cool hat or something, maybe I'd have gotten it. But yeah, I just actually,
1: I, I'm in the market for some Star Wars swag. Um, Pobospodcastgmail.com, you can uh, get our address. But... I, I'm, I, we, we gotta, we gotta re up on the merch. I've been meaning to reopen the Etsy account because, uh, Christmas is coming and, yeah. some people are gonna be real disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, although I don't know if, I don't know if hipster like wearing something that is unique is still, is still in, um, the sweat, the, the Poe Boy sweatshirt. I I've worn that into the ground. Um, Yours is still pretty good because yeah,
2: yeah. I have too many. I have too many T-shirts, so none of them get worn that much. Because I Mm -hmm. I bought two T-shirts last night.
1: Really? Okay. Truthfully. Yeah, you might have. I wonder. I don't know if you have more shirts or hats. I get a lot of hats. Oh, really? More shirts? Okay. Um, I I just have
2: a closet. Truly, It's just T-shirts hanging up. And it's not a small closet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, interesting. Well, so let's get into... I guess we got a big announcement, and then we can talk about the episode.
2: Yeah, I mean, the big announcement was at the top. But yeah, there's a second announcement, I guess.
1: Yeah, so the second amount announcement is, as you're listening to this, Tales of the Jedi, which is a an animated series created by Dave Filoni... Is airing my understanding so October 26th? We're recording obviously beforehand, and this is six episodes, which I believe is all released at once.
2: I assume so. Like, that's what um, they did with like that I am Groot thing,
1: that's what they did with um, uh, um, not Andor. Um, oh, Visions, um, Visions. yeah, that's yeah, they did that with yeah. Visions too, but it's. Um, titled, we've got six episodes, Life and Death, Justice, The Sith Lord, Practice Makes Perfect, Coda, which is hilarious, and Choices.
2: Commander um, Coda.
1: Oh, well, I thought of it as Coda of the movie that won Best Picture.
2: And and, that, just and you thought that was it over.
1: hilarious? They're just crossing it over, because, um, you know, it's a, it's a cash grab from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we have... Um, we have I have a description of the first episode. And it is life and death. Ahsoka Tana's birth is seen along with her first hunting trip with her mother, Pav-T. So I guess we're going to see um, Ahsoka's mom, who is played by...
2: Um, oh, yeah, John Car mm-hmm. from Battle yeah. Front Battlefront II.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and then... I don't have the other descriptions in the other ones, but we know Sidious is in one. We know it's... uh, The Sidious one, I'm not 100%, but we know that there's a Dooku-Qui-Gon team-up. We know there's a Windu-Dooku team-up. Yaddle is in this at some point, um, which I just am looking and seeing that Yaddle is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, which I'm very excited about.
2: I had so many... I was scouring my mental rolodex to come up with a a name to pretend that was voicing yaddle and i was not going to come up with Bryce else howard i was going to say fran drescher
1: um and liam neeson's um coming back to um voice qui-gon Jinn, which is pretty cool so this is uh, i'm excited i i think i mean the animation style you and i that's kind of our star wars um, will
2: yaddle speak with broken grammar
1: um, I feel like I've seen Bryce Dallas Howard do Yoda impressions before, and yeah,
2: but I mean that's more the right. I mean, I don't know that it's her call.
1: Now, what what would you think if that's just Yoda, like having right? That's what I'm saying. It's yeah.
2: Like, Hi, my name is Yaddle. Or are we getting like Yaddle? My name is. Yeah, that'll be
1: interesting. I mean, I assume that they're not gonna do Yoda like that, so it'll be Yaddle. From a female voice, um, uh, doing that. One thing that has surprised me is I—they haven't explained where Yattle is in High Republic yet. I guess they didn't really age Yaddle. Like they didn't say how old Yattle is, but Yaddle should 100% be in High Republic, and we have not seen her.
2: Well, you know, you don't know when Yoda started his training and stuff. You know, they age real slow. Yeah, Yaddle could sure. be a teen in Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah, and, I mean,
2: um... 500-year-old teen.
1: I mean, Grogu, Grogu, or sorry, Little Yanni in Mandalorian. he's, like, what, 60? 50. 50, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, so that's... Um, written by... Right. Dave wrote all of them, except for episode six, which is Choices, which was written and directed by someone named Charles Murray... Hmm. Um, who I'm not familiar with, um, right? But I, I mean, yeah, I'm Kevin Kiner's doing composing. Um, we have Ashley Eckstein back. We have Matt uh, Latner. We have James Arnold Taylor. I mean, it's it, it's pretty cool. It's um, it's definitely gonna be um a really a really cool thing. So I I figured we'll probably what cover an episode at the beginning of these or do you want to just knock all of them out in one episode
2: uh I feel well I mean because we're well next week will be episode 8 of Andor I don't know in my mind we were just going to cover all of them after Andor was over yeah that's fine like maybe talk impressions and like oh yeah we're liking it or we're not liking it during Diego boys but then after after Diego boys is over do you know Tales of the Poe boys or whatever and and you know, we can, we've talked on back and forth over whether it'll be one episode or two. Though, I think by the time Diego Boys is over, we'll have the Higher Public book as well. So, I just figure, yeah, we'll do like one episode deep dive into all yeah, six.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think that works out. But again,
2: and check um, the block, listeners. That is our talking about and schedule the podcast, which does happen every episode. Um, so you have free space and you have that now on Pope Boys Bingo. Yeah. And,
1: um, we have also not... Well, you know what? I'm not going to give you some free spaces. So, um, if you hit them on Poe Boys Bingo, you hit them. If not, you don't. Don't worry, um, listeners. He'll
2: talk about his dad eventually.
1: Um, I wasn't even planning on it. But, yeah, I, 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 I asked my dad about this. And he said, new phone, who does? Mm. Okay, let's get into this episode. Um, we are covering episode... Was this seven. episode seven of Star Wars Andor? This episode is titled Announcement, and it was directed by Benjamin Caron, who this is his first Star Andor Wars episode. Um, this is his first one. And here's an interesting thing. So, this guy's doing three episodes, but um, they're not in a trilogy. So, he's yeah, doing he, the last two, correct? He's doing, yeah, he's doing 11 and 12 as well. So, he's yeah. doing 11 and 12 as well. And then this was written by Stephen Schiff. Um, who, this is the only episode that he wrote. Um, so that's, that's, that's a little interesting. Now this is, uh, functionally an aftermath episode. So, I mean, maybe this is an arc. Um, and, or maybe it's not this, this, this has felt like, I mean, we've talked about this a a few times of episodes one through three episodes, four through six could literally be a movie. just like one consecutive thing. Um, They're so this is I think the worst show of all the best show at all time of having a terrible ending. Uh, If that that's not the best way of
2: saying this, but no, I know the the endings of all these episodes. They're awful. And this week I had a I had a a friend who is who is going out of the country. So I was texting with him very briefly before he left. So it was while we were watching it. I looked down to text him. And I looked up and the episode was over and I turned him as Colombo and was like, what happened? And she's like, nothing. And I was like, well, I looked and it was just a long shot of a man at a desk. And then I looked up and it was over. So what did I miss? She's like, not nothing. It's just a long shot of a, or a wide shot of a man at a, at a desk. Yeah. And, um, but I'm That's... getting Stockholm syndrome about it. I, I'm beginning to like the, I'm beginning to like the non-ending endings. Endings are very convoluted. Sometimes it can get silly where it's like, well, there's five minutes left, so something's going to happen. I don't know. I kind of like, I've, I, I can appreciate that they're like, no, nothing does. You know, stuff already happened. There's a half hour of stuff already happened. We need one more thing. Enjoy it. Okay. You know,
1: I, I'm still in the, I'm still in the mode where I watch it and I'm like, what? Why was that the end? Right, I'd yeah, because guess-
2: I mean we're you know conditioned to expect you know a bang at the end,
1: yeah, or just there to be like some semblance of a hint at what's about to happen, yeah. Um, as opposed to that one episode where they just sat at a camp and talked about homework, yep. Um, and then there's this episode where um, just he's at his at his such a weird desk because it's like two. It's like he's yeah. sitting and there's the two Star computers. Wars yeah, there's like two computers on either side, which like, is he ambidextrous? That doesn't make sense. Um, but also, I'm not a I'm not a desk guy, so I can't really relate to that. I'm kind of like, get out there and kind of go to the people where they are. So I, I move mm. around. I, I can't be tied down. With well I know some, where you go, so you definitely have interesting death. ideas of where
2: the people are.
1: Yeah, I just you know, I go to where the people are for right, sure. For sure. Right, right. Well, so let's here, here's the official description. Okay. And I think that this is um, a great description. And I and this episode does have some real highlights. So the official description of this episode is the repercussions of the Aldhani heist reach all the way to Coruscant. Well, Cassian returns home. All of those things do happen. Three
2: proper nouns in the description is is pretty. That's that's pretty intense for a episode description on Disney Plus.
1: Now, all of those things do happen, and they say the word announcement like multiple times, which I'm a big fan of when um, a movie right. or a TV show says the name of the episode or movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it just. It gives me chills because I'm like, oh, you know, like that's that's what it's called. That's why it's called that. And he yeah,
2: has my favorite part of um, No Country for Old Men.
1: <laughs> milkshake, milkshake. Uh, so <laughs> so let's let's get the boring parts out of the way. And I don't want to say that all of this is boring, um, but I am curious to figure out what you think was exciting about this episode. So let's get into um our little dweeb um um Cyril Carn, um who yeah Carnage Cyril Carnage who I, I I actually didn't have the chance to do a full rewatch of this but I I watched um was watching about maybe the first half of, of this episode and the rewatch and did you notice at his bedroom he has action
2: figures no no, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm really I'm I'm curious who's gonna Little do like a, or
2: something, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like they're the action figures from like the eighties um that uh. kids that kids would have. So he has like action figures of I think Imperial Troopers. Hmm. Um which kind of shows, you know, like this is a path that he's wanted, whereas his mom, who is just great. I mean Yeah. Very
2: enjoyable. Is,
1: clothes she makes fun of his um she things that an overbearing mother um that cares about social status would do i find all of it so i mean it's just it's i i enjoy them adding new characters but adding characters that you see in the real world um so that's i mean there's not really much action he drinks blue milk and cereal and we oh, just yeah. get that we get the serial now um thrown into star wars and then he gets interviewed for his job where we see that just depressing office area um like the- yeah
2: and we see nepotism alive and well and how he's just like his little mess up is just wiped clean
1: oh yeah for sure yeah and, Which um, kind of
2: speaks to, I mean, a lot of what Cassian's saying about the Empire doesn't care, and it also just kind of the bloat and the bureaucracy and, the, you know, for all their power, it's the little things like that multiplied across a galaxy that, you know, are going to bring about their undoing. Yeah, and
1: so he um, is talking about clearing his name, the supervisor does not care one iota yeah. of it, and is like, hey, just don't say those things. <laughs> and uh, you'll you'll be able to keep your job, and so that's the serial part of it. I'm curious, like why we keep coming back to him, um, and what what the blow up is going to be. Of I'm enjoying what, the journey. What his I'm curious what his job at this place is. Um, I, I've already forgotten what he's specifically doing, but if he's like gonna have access, that's gonna allow him to like weasel his way into the isb
2: yeah
1: or if he's just gonna take a trip to um ferris festus ferris um and try and do a citizen's arrest that would be funny to me. that would be very funny that would be really really funny to me um so let's what what do you want you want to go to luthan you want to do the isb announcement you want to go to ferris um what do you want to talk about
2: uh, I want to talk about, for a while, I thought that maybe um, this handsome, handsome guy, Diego, wasn't going to be in this episode. And I was like, where's this tall glass of water I've been waiting for? They can't afford it. And then he did finally show up, and I was very excited. Uh, but I, I will say, I mean, the supporting cast really has to shine in this app. And I, you know, I, I I, don't know. I like the, I like the carnage storyline i just you know i think it speaks to again i've said before i think so much of star wars is young people trying to find purpose and some of them luck into finding a judicious cause and others not so much and i think carnage's storyline here is is following that pretty well i guess the big thing is let's see you know me i'm more of a discussion plot like a like a like a bullet points guy not a plot guy we got to talk about this party um, with Mon Masma and that guy doing that um horrible impression where he kept saying Mon all the time.
1: Oh, like her, not her boyfriend, but the husband thinks it's her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, so that guy's name, I can try and find it real quick. Let's list some proper nouns. Oh, yeah. Um, we gotta list names. Get, yeah, check, we, get your we, bingo
2: marker ready. Gotta list some names.
1: Yeah, we gotta... All right, so we've got um, Clea Markey. We've got attendant Felzonus. <laughs> attendant, attendant Hurt. Colonel Yul. Oh yeah. Yul-
2: oh yeah. We didn't talk about him.
1: Yularen yeah, in-
2: was in this. He's the guy who gives the briefing, and the ISB meeting. The guy that's not the yeah. regular guy. I Yularen. I
1: didn't do a good job because that's not Yularen's voice. Um, well,
2: yeah. I mean, in live action, Yularen doesn't have a voice, but for for the. Uh, uninitiated. You are in... There's a guy with a mustache at the conference room in A New Hope, but he's also a character in The Clone Wars who's not a clone, but is an officer in the in the Republic Navy who is uh, on a ship with Anakin a bunch and is also the voice that narrates the uh, audio opening crawls of Clone Wars episodes. Tom Kane, I think, did his voice.
1: Yeah, that's wild. I, I, I didn't even connect the dots because it was such a not what, I wouldn't say a contrast just not the Yolaren that you're used to from Clone Wars and right. I never thought I would say I love the Euan but like it's an iconic character from the Clone Wars animation
2: yeah and I, I suspected he might show up because in the first episode I knew what the ISB was because of rebels and because of wow uh David Yellow's character. Whose name Calus? is basically also Carnage? Yeah. Calus. At one point, Yularen is in Rebels. Oh, really? Okay. Well, as an ISB guy, I think he has a scene with them, um, with Callus.
1: This Yularen, and I granted, I guess, you know, in this scene for announcement of the ISB, I mean, he he sounds fanatical, and he sounds, he does not sound in the voice that was <laughs> right com- composed um, in Clone Wars, and granted. Anakin, Obi Wan in Clone Wars did so many things to this dude. They left him high <laughs> yeah, and dry. Yeah, they, they did him. things where he would be. He had to. He had to flee a bunch. They'd be like, "You have you just you have decimated us. So we need to flee. and Then we'll come back and try and rescue you." Two episodes yeah. later. So, yeah i i would have never i would have never
2: I mean I guess I I could have guessed, but um
1: that's cool. That yeah, I mean well, you know, we never
2: knew his politics. We only ever saw him at work acting professional. We never really knew what he saw or believed.
1: That's scary. That's scary to think of. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's definitely scary to think about.
2: Yeah, so we Folks, of things Peter said to me. When we're off mic, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the stuff this guy thinks.
1: What? Um, okay, so We have this announcement um, where Yularen is basically like...
2: uh, Star Celebration is returning to Europe.
1: And it's like, get your tickets now, or you're going to have to spend $400 on one-day passes. Um, But he basically is like, ISB can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And then um, the... Oh, my gosh. What is her name? Lieutenant Blevin?
2: No. Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. She she's like, well, basically our main character for the ISB. Yeah. She's like, this is you know playing right into their hands. Mm-hmm. And you know, does a little bit of like exposition. And then we get into Book Report Club or like, you know, present your findings um with uh, major part particas.
0: Oh which yeah,
1: we have we have this like um exchange, which I was strangely reminded me of grad school a little bit um when people would hate each other in grad school, but also kind of reminded me of how at this time in the all of these things were kind of academic. They didn't really, you know think that the rebel rebellion was a thing whatsoever, so, this is kind of there's no sense of urgency so major allows for um there to be this discussion and um the two that have been going at it whose names i i I mean they're doing it they're doing a fine enough job it's just it's just me not remembering their names because literally there are so many characters in the show um let me see is it clea markey is that it um, I don't, I don't know. It might be Clea Markey.
2: Oh, I think it's nope. Mr. Office.
1: Clea Markey is the assistant. Um, yeah. I I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get this right now. Bix Kayleen. No, that's not, that's not it. Um, that's Andor's ex-girlfriend. Whatever,
2: whatever. No, no, yeah, keep um, trying, keep trying. This is good potting.
1: Okay. Um, this is really good potting. Perin Firtha? maybe that's it.
2: Could be, could be.
1: Perrin
2: Firtha?
1: Um, nope. Perenfirtha is Mon Mothma's husband.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, We're on the right attendant, planet. Attendant Valonzi, is that it? Nope. That's the uh, that's the person she bullies into giving her all the. Um, who is this person? Um. Eddie Carn, no, Deirdre Miro, that's her name. It's oh, that's right. Her I keep name. Reading, yeah.
2: Her name's Deirdre. That's right.
1: That's right. No, uh, uh, is hundred percent. Yeah, Deirdre Miro. Yeah, obviously. Um, I. And she gets challenged. The guy that has six sectors, and she only has one sector, and he calls her out for growth for stepping her authority. And tries to, like, what, get her thrown in jail in yeah. this episode? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, you suck. This is happening. Um, I'm thinking outside the box. I'm doing anything at my disposal for the Empire. And unsurprisingly, the Major's like, yeah. You, you go, girl. girl. Watch your back. back. Uh... Um, so, I those bureau heads that love that bureaucracy. I mean, you just you just love getting into the weeds about fighting over jurisdictions over things for you know what seems like eight to twelve minutes of the this episode. I was loving it. What about you, Josh?
2: I mean, you had mentioned earlier you were curious if I found anything in this episode exciting. And you also mentioned earlier the person who wrote this episode, and into both of those things, I would say like, yeah, I mean, after last week, this is not an exciting episode. But if I if I were gonna pick an episode of this show to brag about having written, this would be the one, right? I mean, the last episode, I you know, I'm sh- awesome episode, and the script is obviously doing doing great work but it's also like with all that action and all that intensity there's a lot of other things that contribute to that episode in a major way you know the score and the performances and stuff this is a very dialogue heavy very script heavy episode and it is interesting i did have a good time watching it and it is one of those things you know i always i think you and i have discussed a lot with the marvel shows on disney plus Plus. I, I've enjoyed them, but a lot of times I'm like, this this could have been a movie. Like, Moon Knight could have been a movie. It'd have been shorter, but could have been a movie. This episode specifically, I feel like this is them really taking advantage of it being a TV show. Because, like we were saying, those first two, three episode arcs could be movies, but if they were movies, we would never get this. Where oh, it's for just sure. like time for people reacting. because you know i almost said when you were talking about it earlier like oh this could this would maybe be like the first act of the next movie but it wouldn't be a movie wouldn't start this way a movie wouldn't start this way wouldn't end this way wouldn't have this in the middle you don't get that like moment to breathe and react and that can end up being like super boring but i thought yeah i thought this episode did it really well i mean the performances are on point and i thought the writing was really good and i'm watching this episode and i'm trying to miss colombo and i'm calling it, baby. I think this is the best Star Wars live action show. Yep. Are you serious? Sorry, loser. Yep. <laughs> I think look, I love Mandalorian. And we're, and we're but... such John
1: Favreau fans too. <laughs> like
2: I really I really enjoy the Mandalorian. Uh, but I think the Mandalorian does like actively lean into Star Wars and it does, I think a it, it there I think there's a lot of stuff in Mandalorian that depends on on Star Wars. And I think Andor is... Just, I mean, I really feel like if Andor is the first Star Wars you come, you come across, it's still super compelling. Like, that heist last episode, it's, just, it's not cool because Ahsoka showed up. It, it's just cool. It's just exciting. It's thrilling. And again, love The Mandalorian. I'm not knocking The Mandalorian at all, but I've just been continually like really impressed with this show and i know like some of the earlier stuff there's been like slow parts here and there but i just really like the way it builds and i mean that third episode and that sixth episode what it built up to with those was just something like i mean the sixth episode kind of felt i it felt like a uh, a precursor to rogue one a little bit like there i think there was like some star Wars storytelling president for that sort of vibe and that intensity. But like that third episode, I mean, I just never seen anything like that in star Wars. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And this, I don't know why this was the episode that sealed it. You'd think it would have been last week's episode, but I think because this is just like such a quiet dialogue, heavy reaction episode. And it's just, you know, it's the writing and the performances that I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. This show rules, man.
1: Well, I, I wasn't as high on this episode, but to your point of, you know, this this couldn't be in a movie, it's every character that we get dialogue for is somebody that's been fully fleshed out. We know their motivations, and then we can go and, you know, see the conversations that they're happening. So, like, the Cassian one with his mom. and Oh, where man. Brutal. He, yeah.
2: I mean, that Cassian... That was so good.
1: And Cassian... um you know, when she's like, I'm willing, you know, I, I I'm going to die. I'm willing to die to do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Clearly
1: she's part of the rebellion or she's, you know, been in conversations with, um, Bix, who is, yeah. Yeah. um, Cassian's ex. And how, you know, that's, that's, that's something that really means something. And also, you know, um, trying to break him from reality, um, from this kind of, him trying to find his sister and being like, you're never going to find her. You need to yeah. go, you need to find some place. Um, and you need to actually get out of here. And you know, that's, that's good. And I, I don't know why they're doing this, um, but they're showing Cassian just being a garbage of a human being. And um, I, I, at least that's how it's coming across for me. <laughs> um, I
2: mean, garbage is a strong word, <laughs> but no, I, like, I, I feel like this is he's very Han Solo-esque.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe that in 2022 Han you know. Solo just doesn't come across well because, you know, he visits Bix, right? And he gives that money back, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, But he has zero remorse for what happened and is not showing like any form of concern other than giving that money um Mm. to her and you know she's rattled it's probably only been like three four days since that happened since you know her partner and her um there were murdered because of something that he did and he is just not willing to
2: show any
1: show any level of emotional intelligence
2: Oh, yeah, but I mean also, I don't know He didn't call himself, he didn't phone himself in But I mean, yeah, I get I get what you're saying uh, Yeah, I don't know I just feel like It's on the one hand, you're like, you're right He's not being like an upstanding citizen But then it's also, on the one side he has the Empire On the other side, the faction for the rebellion that he worked for In this episode, they're we like, oh yeah, kill him And when that's the world you live in I, you know I'm not, you know, I, I get why he behaves the way he behaves. I mean, does he, does he have time for remorse or has he got to be running from the empire and the rebellion at the same time? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 enjoying the character a lot. Enjoying Diego Luna's performance quite a bit. That guy yeah. is so freaking charismatic. It's unfair. And let's, let's, um, let's bounce back to that scene between him and his mom as well. Okay. touching back on that. Cause that was a, interesting scene because it almost becomes this like microcosm of some last Jedi themes where, you know, you have Luke Skywalker talking about the legend of Skywalker and here, like in a much smaller setting, Cassian's mom is telling him about Cassian. Like she's inspired by this thing Cassian did that is already becoming mythologized. That is already becoming, you know a grand legend a grand story that is causing people to change their lives and do different things with their lives but we've seen Cassian we were there we know that like well it didn't play out like like well, that it, you know this isn't was, a legend this isn't a, a heroic tale yeah and only
1: four people you know made it one of them died and then Cassian killed the other and then the third one is on a mission to murder Cassian yeah and um all those people involved um, have created something that none of them, except for maybe Vel, in- anticipated would actually happen. Yeah. Um, because the whole point of the heist was to get that, you know, what seventy one, eighty three million credits. Um,
2: Sounds right. Yeah, eighty um, or something.
1: Yeah for 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 the rebellion.
2: And speaking of the heist, I did, against my better judgment, decide to write down a question Ms. Columbo had. Um, you remember Lil boy? He got crushed by the money. Yeah um miss Colombo asked me
1: was he a jedi
2: is little boy the first star wars hero to die stupid
1: <laughs> um <laughs> star wars, wars hero <laughs> yeah and i was like
2: what <laughs> like not smart or like no she, i guess had a stupid death like to her i guess it should be like a, a slide whistle sounding when the money crushed him. I don't know. And then she said, Oh, well no Han Solo, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who did I marry? Who is this? Oh man. No mercy. Um, so yeah, well, the, there the, the, are, the, there's the, the little, person that comes to mind for stupid.
1: that is the guy who was sent to scout in episode seven. And is the reason for episode eight and nine whose name is snap uh, snap. snap died because um, he couldn't you know steer um but that would probably be the one that pops up in my head but i just enjoy saying that snap wexley is a terrible character
2: um yeah good old snap
1: that's that's hilarious i so let's we got like 10 minutes left um we could go over, but you know we're professionals, um,
2: and I don't want to,
1: <laughs> and we're not going to. So we Little get glimpses of, of the Luthan Mon Mothma cell, and we get a lot more uh, information on it. Of Mon Mothma was brought into this rebellion, and she was brought under false pretense- pretenses, like she did not want their she went, she's a pacifist. She did right. not anticipate for this to happen. In fact, she's horrified at this happening. And Luther is like, we are creating a network. That network is already built and ready to go. And it is too late for you now to back out of it. And Would he
2: says, know? and mm-hmm. this was this is a real good one. Has there ever been a weapon made that wasn't used?
1: Um, which the answer is yes. Um, because Josh and I are walking weapons whenever we go to the gym.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I don't like to think of myself as a weapon. I like to think of myself as a deterrent.
1: Yeah, so I do think of myself as a weapon. So the answer is yes. Um, but it, that,
2: I really enjoy that quote because it reminds me of a Captain America quote from an Avengers comic by Jonathan Hickman that is essentially that same thing. Uh, it's like a longer monologue, but that that quote when I came across it there is really a big part of like it unlocked a little bit of attack of the clones for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know with that sentiment in mind. I've, I've, I enjoy watching that movie a little more because it is just like, it's so it's such a, you know, the, the specifics of how that whole clone army and nonsense got built are so muddy i don't understand they did the clone wars episodes and like the lost missions to try and explain it and it just got more confusing it's like tenant the more you think about it the more it's just like what but the basic idea of the real evil thing that palpatine did was he just built the jedi a weapon and gave it to them and if the jedi were a jedi it They'd probably wouldn't they wouldn't have used a weapon
0: mm-hmm.
2: but they you know yeah, yeah. So, has there ever been a weapon built that wasn't used? I really enjoyed that exchange in that line, for sure. Again, if you're gonna brag about writing a script of this show, man, I think this is the one.
1: Well, it also just shows that there is a level of commitment. Like, we we see Mon Mothma in her life, and we see what she's fighting for. We're seeing this weird husband relationship, this, like, brat daughter. Um... <laughs> And we, we now know the person that was being brought into the fold. And the only reason was for him to create a shell company for her to funnel her money into it so that she could funnel money to the rebellion.
2: Which now, does think- feel like shots fired from Disney at Poe Boys LLC in our various subsidiaries. They are not shell corporations. We are not hiding any money. We don't have any to hide.
1: Yeah, and the reason for that too is not because we don't make a lot, it's because
2: We give it all away.
1: We give it all away, and the money that we do make in profits, um, we just have one of the worst money men in the business. Um, (laughs) Poe Boy's money man Cody, he's just terrible, and he he just has Ponzi scheme after Ponzi scheme, Mm -hmm. and it just, I mean, at some point, you know, you gotta... You gotta roll with your boys. Yeah, you're um, looking at
2: this guy's ledger. It looks like a bunch of drawings of Sith holocrons. Am I right?
1: <laughs> oh, um... Because uh, yeah, they're okay. shaped like pyramids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um And we know stocks. Well, so, the, yeah, I mean, that's... that's. Ugh. I mean, we, we see this um, growing amount of the cell. We see this, like, brutal interaction with Luthan's assistant and Vel of, mm-hmm. you know, um you need to close... You need to... Um, make sure there are no loose ends. Um, I, in yourself in your cell died. Um, and,
2: and it's also uh, just like if you're Vel, like, do you possibly think that there's, they're not going to end up having that same conversation with somebody else about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you, it, it's not like, you know, that things are going to end poorly for everybody, but Mon Mothma, yeah. um, but you, I mean, it's, it's, this is, doing a great job. You talked about an episode or two ago of, we know that the Cassian in Rogue One is darker
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and has seen some things. This show illuminates that and, you know, um, explains the things that he had to do. And Luthan's going to be the person that muddies him or causes him to get muddied. Um, Sure seems
2: that way. Sure seems that way.
1: So... I mean, it's, it's 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 definitely it's definitely cool, and it's it's interesting too. Like, this is the darker side of those cells because we have the like, um, the light side of it. You know, Bail Organa. We have Ahsoka and you, kind of what he's doing, which we see in Rebels. Um, and then we see the different cell that's in Rogue in Rogue One, um, with Forrest Whitaker's character and that cell and that's kind of portrayed as like the darker of that and then we have this kind of gray area cell that Luthen is is promoting.
0: Mhm.
1: Um but yeah, so you know, I I I I I'm I'm turning around on this episode being better than um how I initially did. I know that you're very high on this episode. I'm curious, do you think this episode is going to be a a, trilo- a three episode arc?
2: I mean, I I'm well, just going strictly off of the creative teams, the writer director combos we're seeing, which would seem to imply this was sort of a an epilogue and then another three episode arc and then like a two episode finale.
1: What if so we end the episode with Cassian getting thrown in jail for like, you know, a BS charge and then we see a K2S we see K2SO.
2: Well, we see K2 something.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm I'm curious if we're not going to see Cassian for a while and then Cassian like reprogramming that K2SO reprogramming K2SO is kind of what brings us into um, that buddy buddy system. Hmm.
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. know.
1: But um, Josh, any any final notes on this episode?
2: Yeah, another another shout out to to Nicholas Bertel, the composer for the score for Andor. I mean, look, I to just, just keeping it a hundred, I still couldn't hum you the theme to Andor. I do not remember it. But the vibe of the score throughout the episode is much more like traditional sci fi kind of feeling. Like there's some synthesizers, there's some spacier stuff, some more, you know, rhythmic stuff there. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm well really I mean you're a
1: traditionalist. It. You whenever somebody changes up the status quo, you kind of like you know, you like um sneer at it a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's so, what I just
2: said. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's that 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 tracks for you. Know, yeah,
2: and you're um a listener. And... is your main thing. Yeah. So anyway, if you are enjoying the score for for this, it does definitely remind me of the score for Death Stranding by uh Ludwig all the video game. So if you're looking for similar kind of vibes, you know, not safe that's for out there.
1: Not safer for work. They have like a little baby attached. Then they do time. Travel. Do you want? It's, is there it's, something it's you need
2: to say, Pete? Is there something you need to get out?
1: Um, that is for me, and our episode three hundred. Oh boy! So, um, with that, Podcast at gmail.com. We're gonna come at you with episode eight, and um, yeah, we'll we'll see you next week.
0: Bye.